the time. We're on. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hey, everybody. It's it's great to be back with you again. We're going to make a second run at this. We tried it once last week and uh, had some problems technically. So uh, we invited Jay Jacobs back with us, and it's uh, through his graciousness he was uh, agree he agreed to uh, jump back on with us again. Uh, we had a really good chat last week, and I'm sure uh, we'll get some great information from Jay. Uh, Jay is a former contestant on. Uh, the biggest loser back 10 years ago and uh, fared real well in the competition, had some great experiences, uh, some good, some not maybe so good, but certainly uh, we want to hear from him about some of those experiences. And we also want to talk to him a little bit more about uh, what he's doing today in the health and wellness industry. Uh, we also have Sherry Bennett. Sherry, so good to see you again. Excited to talk to you about some of the things that are happening at the Consiglio Wellness Center. And so we'll kind of phase those in as we visit with Jay a little bit more. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Jay, Jay was a contestant 10 years ago. Uh, and it definitely uh, stirred some thought in my mind after talking with Jay about some of the experiences. So, Jay, why don't you just give us a little bit of background on what led you up to the point of jumping on board and, and having the courage to, to uh, enter into something so bold as the, as the Biggest Loser? Well, first of all, thanks, Mike and Sherry, for inviting me uh, to be with you today. I love doing this. Um, Having had an opportunity, a very unique opportunity to be on Biggest Loser, my life 10 years later has literally been, quite frankly, daily, having conversations with people literally all over the world, men, women, families, children, young people, old people, it doesn't really matter, um, about their health and wellness and what I call their well-being. Um, and the well-being part of it is uh, really how they're living their life. It's Yes, on Biggest Loser was great because it was a whole game about losing weight and it makes for great TV. Um, I knew of the show, but it was really my daughter who had the desire to be on the show. Um, and it was because she was watching one particular season and there was a young woman on there that reminded her of herself. And what Biggest Loser does for a lot of people is that they have people kind of see a transformation in somebody's health and well-being, quite frankly, a lot of times beyond what they may think they can do. And for a lot of people, it's very inspiring. So Jennifer tried out for season nine. Um, she didn't make it. She got close. She tried out for season 10 and didn't make it. Um, and then they had a couple seasons, season 11, and she asked first her mom if her mom wanted to be on the show with her. And she was like, her mother was like, no, I'm not going to be on that show. I'm not going to do crazy things. Your father's nuts. He'll go do something like that. Um, and so I went with Jenny mainly because quite frankly, um, for my family, the truth of the matter is I was the ringleader. I was the person that had really the issues with my weight. And I, over time through stress eating, uh, through secret eating, through really just kind of not paying attention, I got myself up to 435 pounds and climbing. Cause I will tell you, if you can get over 300 and you can get over 400, you can do five. You can do. I mean, it's just for whatever reason, my mind and body was escalating in a place that was not healthy. So, long story short, Jenny and I tried out for season eleven. Um, it was quite an accomplishment because at that time, that was at the heyday of Biggest Loser, where they had millions upon millions of viewers. Um, we were selected two out of two hundred and fifty thousand people that auditioned. 
So to make it there was pretty fascinating. And the thing that I really learned was um, when we did our whole audition process, um, they actually used the video that Jenny and I did together as a way to show and share with some of the other story producers that they felt that we had a unique relationship and we, they felt as if our relationship could be helpful for other people um, that might be watching the show. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for stories of everyday people that um, there's something there that maybe from a father and a daughter and all of that, maybe there's something, um, you know, that could share with other people. So the biggest takeaway from the show was that, um, yes, there's people love it. There's people that hate it. There's people that think that it's horrible and it's, it's it portrays a poor image of people worrying about their size and their shape and body shaming. Um, I, I get that. I understand that. But, but the truth of the matter is um, it doesn't matter what your shape and size is. You don't have to be overweight either. If you're not paying attention to your health and well-being, um, you're going to probably have a problem sometimes, which is why I love the opportunity to speak with you guys, because I know that that's what you're all about. And that's what I'm all about. It's not about losing weight. It's about what are you doing? What are the things that you can do to take baby steps to be able to start to move yourself in a place of being much healthier? So that's kind of I can tell you all kinds of stories, all kinds of crazy things, because we were there for literally beginning to end was eight months. It was the longest season on NBC. It was 21 episodes of incredible season. Um, but, you know, maybe we can delve into it either a little bit later today or I'll be back to talk about some other things as well. What was the uh, what was the one experience that you felt like was the most positive and maybe one experience that was uh, not so positive? Well, the one thing that was fascinating, I don't think a lot of people really know it. Everything about the show was medically based. Um, we made made it out of two out of two hundred fifty thousand people. But you did not get on that show without having extensive, I mean, extensive um, medical testing, not only before you got there, but literally all the time you were there. And if you watch the show and you see there's a lot of crazy things that seem very dangerous, um, there were literally two EMT people and ambulances, everything off camera for us. So everything we did from day one to the finale was monitored by um, best of class uh, from from medical perspective. And also what was fascinating, one of the people that really kept us functional was a sports medic uh, that had worked with professional sports teams. So if you think about it, we were assets for the show. And even when we had injuries, like I had a hamstring injury two weeks into the show and they kept me functional throughout the whole entire time. And I really got to learn and respect um, that I don't care what you do, you want to have some connection somehow, some way medically. So I think that was one of the biggest lessons that I learned was how important it was, no matter what you're doing, to be connected to your doctors. And also the other second part would be um, community and communication. I think the reason why I was as successful as I was on Biggest Loser, which I made it all the way to the end. I was one of the um, final four. I was the last man standing. I was out of all the people that are there. I was the only man left as me and three women. And my success after the show 10 years later has been through communication, um, not hiding, and being in what I call community, in a community of other people where we share what we're doing and sharing our challenges and we're supporting each other. So that it's so critical. No, Very few people ever do this on their own and stay with it. It becomes a crazy yo-yo. So community and communication makes a big difference. Uh, and, and Jay, th th another thing kind of to segue with that, 
the way you presented that. Um, my question, my next question, kind of a follow up to that. If you were able to be successful and and maintain this healthier lifestyle after the fact, after the show, you know, I've I've loved to read the results of what some of these guys are doing today. Some of the gals are doing today. Yeah whether they've been able to keep the weight off, whether or not they've has, had their struggles. Th those are very interesting stories to me. Right. Uh, what's different about you? Because it does seem like a lot of the folks really struggle uh, with their approach to reentering the world after the Biggest Loser show, that, that their success stories were limited. Yours seems to be much broader, wider, and long-lasting. Any of the contestants on Biggest Loser or even ABC's Extreme Weight Loss Makeover Edition, or quite frankly, I would tell you anyone um, on any kind of a well-being, whether it's Weight Watchers or they get gastric bypass surgery or whatever, um, two things happen. It's really your thinking, your thoughts, um, and also the accountability part of it. Um, you're going to go through time. You're going to go through seasons. There's going to be things that you're going to really experience that are going to be challenges that are going to be stressful or things that are going to really be difficult for you. But the thing that makes a big difference is, are you willing to stay in the conversation with yourself and with others so that um, you stay accountable? Because the first thing that will happen after the show is it's exciting because people think you're a celebrity and you're not a celebrity. You're a regular person that was on a TV show. So as soon as you're on TV, people think you're a celebrity. You're not. You came from a way that you lived. You got stuck into an opportunity or, or placed into an opportunity where you didn't have a cell phone, you didn't have a computer, you didn't have a job, you were doing nothing but actually moving and exercising and eating some of the best food. So in a controlled environment, you can pretty well lose weight. And you people can do that in all kinds of things. Um, but then you went back to the way you were living before. So I think what I mentioned in the last time we talked was before I left, I'd said to my wife, look, Kim, if I go away and I don't go there as a blank slate, I'm going to do what I've done in my whole life. At the time I was 53, I'm 63 now. Um, I gained and lost 100, 200 pounds, probably a dozen times because I'd be motivated, I'd do something and then I'd let it slip and then I'd just kind of let a little go backwards. What I told her was, I wanna go away as a blank slate. I wanna be able to start to understand what are the ways in which I'm thinking about how I'm moving or exercising or eating, what are my relationships, what are my thoughts? And I had that opportunity to do that. And everyone has an opportunity to do that. It's like an exercise, the same way you might go to the gym and work out or maybe you walk and you work out. The biggest thing is you want to take the time to mentally get truthful and get honest with what your feelings are. And there's, it, it takes some work. I mean, so I would say that the big takeaway is back to communication and community again, what, is make, what has worked well for me is I've not hidden, I've not been perfect. Um, I actually, if you go to, um, I, I did a TEDx talk, I wrote a book called Smartphone Fit. If somebody goes to Smartphone Fit, Dot com, um, you can get a free copy, an ebook of that. And that's really what I found was I use my smartphone to take pictures and to be connected to what I was thinking and doing every day because we're busy with our lives. A lot of it's out of sight, out of mind. And if you don't really pay attention and you're not accountable to yourself, a week goes by, a month goes by, a year goes by. Uh, and what ends up happening is all of a sudden you just don't feel good. Maybe you put on more weight. You start to go down a downward spiral. So 
consistently after the show for now 10 plus years, and it's not been difficult. I literally use my phone to, if nothing else, take a picture of whatever it is I'm doing. And it's funny because you can scan back through your, your um, smartphone and you can see like, wow, look at this week. Uh, just picture like, like I've like eaten no vegetables or I've eaten you know six ice creams or whatever, whatever that is. It's not about judgment, it's accountability and awareness. So I think that's the biggest difference. As I've not hidden from the fact that I had been challenged my entire life and I knew that I needed to start to really pay attention because let's face it, on a show where you're in front of millions of people, if you knew, if every person who's listening to this knew that next week you were going to get on a scale in front of millions of people, you'll lose weight. It's easy to lose weight when you know everyone's going to see what the scale is going to show. So that's not good or bad. It's not shaming. It's just no different than a bank account. You know whether or not you have money coming in or going out. It's the same thing. Money and actually well-being. I find that well-being and wealth very much correlate in terms of are you really being honest? Are you paying attention? Are you putting in the time and energy and effort? You'll get a result. Whatever that is, you got the result for it. Jay, I'm going to try to get in your head just a little bit on a follow-up okay. to that that statement. Um, I'm really curious. Uh, one of the toughest things for me as a wellness coach is dealing with the accountability aspect and component of somebody's life. That uh, oftentimes uh, somebody who has put on the extra pounds or they're not living maybe the, their desire, desired lifestyle, uh, but the accountability side of it to get them to journal, to get them to to really put things to paper or to take pictures like you have obviously said you've yeah. done. What is the magic to that? What is it that would actually help propel that? If you were telling somebody else that there is a need for the accountability, that you can't go on track, even if it's of your own nature, what is the key to that? A great question. Um, and the answer is actually pretty simple. Um, the first thing is, in any conversation, I navigate a lot of people individually. I do it also with teams. I've done it with companies. Um, and the, the main thing I'm looking for in my initial conversation is their willingness. And all willingness is, is are they willing to stay in a conversation with me for us to, together to, to discover how they already today think about who they are and what they believe about their well-being, whatever that is. It's almost like forensically, I'm getting in a conversation with them and they're telling me what they have done and what their challenges are. And the other thing that happens is they're actually giving me clues that I come back and, and really get them to um, own, which is they already know, no matter what they're gonna do, they already know in their mind where they're gonna fail. And most people, when you talk to them, are brilliant and everything they've done wrong, and I'll tell you, and they're brilliant at everything that they know they're going to do wrong, and they'll make themselves wrong. And so I, after somebody kind of told me everything and I've taken some notes and got kind of a, a good, what I would call one page highlight, 30,000 foot view of what they believe and what they've told me, what I tell them is, okay, here's, here's what I want you to hear. If you want me to support you, understand I will never make you wrong because you are masterful at making yourself wrong. And this is just human beings. We all do this. We, we, we know so much and we feel uncomfortable to talk about our successes. We'll talk about all of our failures. So they kind of laugh when they say that. It's like, okay, we, I know that you know that you've done all these things wrong, whatever. Let's talk about where you've shared with me that you're gonna have these challenges going forward. Because when they're not in that situation where they 
ate something and they believe they've done something wrong and it's an all or nothing mentality and they go downhill. When they're not doing that, what we do is we talk about what's some strategies and things that we could do. So when that's going to happen, because I'm telling them it's going to happen. I don't care. Whatever you've done in the past, it's going to come back again. I'm not trying to make that go away. It's not going to probably go away any more than if somebody decides they want to run and then they're like, they wake up in the morning, I don't want to run. It's not going to go away. What we do is when they're not in that heightened state of stress about it, we look for some solutions. And the other part that I tell them is I don't care how well we do at some point in time. And you know this, Mike, from training people where you're going to hit a wall. You're going to you're, you're going to not be at the top of your game. You're going to mentally go down, whatever that is. So when they tell me that they're willing and they're willing to share some of those things and we put that in front of them and they know I'm not going to make them wrong. I've found that if somebody's willing to do that, they're they're going to be successful. And I will tell them I you're not going to be 100 percent successful um, if we can get you at 80, 20. Um, that's one of the things I learned from Biggest Loser. One of the things that Jillian Michaels said, which I think is really, really true. I don't care what you do. Her point was if you can do be on plan 80% of the time and give yourself that 20% wiggle room, it doesn't mean going crazy, but it's like give yourself those opportunities for maybe there's something you want to reward yourself or you just want to like, look, I need a break here. You will, in the long run, you'll be fine. But what ends up happening is people sometimes flip the other way and it's like the 80, 20 in the, in the wrong direction. So I think it's just, it's willingness honesty, openness, and then just getting them to know if you don't run away and hide, I don't care what you do, we're going to find a solution. And some of this, it's going to take time to discover it. It is not about losing weight and what you're eating. It's what you're thinking that's going to be the catalyst to how you're either exercising or not exercising, eating well or not eating well. And it takes some time for us to discover that together. Other than those uh, those components that you mentioned, the mental yeah. the mental clarity of what you're trying to accomplish and staying on track, uh, the nutritional side of the nutritional component, yeah. uh, the the movement component, are there any other components that you see that are super super important in the formula for success? Definitely rest and restoration. Mm -hmm. um, it's not one that I really understood and. My, my dad was a farmer. Um, my dad was a hard worker. My dad knew nothing other than work, 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 and then he'd fall asleep. Um, and I grew up in a family that we believed, and we were never big sleepers, and we thought the people that slept were lazy people. We literally believed that. Um, and I was very proud of the fact that I don't sleep a lot, and I, I'm, I'm a very light sleeper. Unfortunately, that I didn't realize when I was on Biggest Loser, I luckily – I've never had high cholesterol, never had high blood pressure, never had anything. I told the executives when we were doing the final interviews, I said, I'm functionally fat. Like, I'm a guy that's fat, overweight, um, and I go to the gym, which I did. I went all the time. I, but when I went to the gym, I did what I call attending the gym. I was there and did things, and attending's better than not attending, but it really wasn't making a difference in my health and well-being. And what I discovered uh, on the first time that we did medical testing was that I had a near fatal heart arrhythmia that I did not know I had. I just thought we had chest pains or anything, but what had happened when they did the stress test, is we found out that I had this arrhythmia. Long story short, um, I almost didn't make it on the show because of it. They did all kinds of extensive tests um, and they took a chance where they said, we're going to medically watch you the whole time. They put a heart monitor on me for 42 days. I had the best of, of health you know, watching what was happening. And what ended up happening was I had sleep apnea. Uh, my whole, I'm 
strong because I don't need sleep or whatever. What I really learned was it was killing me. It was killing my brain. It was killing my heart. I didn't feel it, didn't know it. Um, and it's given me a deep respect, which I didn't realize. You don't have to have sleep apnea, but you do need to know and medically and science wise, they do know that stress wise and just life in general, you need the rest and restoration. And the same way that you might want to go to the gym and work out, uh, I would suggest for every person, every person to become a student of understanding sleep, rest, regeneration, restoration. Um, and, and Mike, if anybody's going to know that, I mean, you're going to know it from what you know from wrestling and everything else. The top performing athletes in the world, they know it. And any of us that aren't top performing are not helping ourselves at all. We really could take a lessons from, from professional athletes of what they know it's critical and important to do. But rest and restoration is big. I am so glad that you added that, Jay. I think that is a really important element. As a matter of fact, I think the older that we get, the more that we age. I, I kind of frame this uh, with some of my clients that I work with right now mm -hmm. as a one for one. It's a tit for tat. Like if you put in an hour of yeah. workout or training, hard training, you have to have some modality, some some mechanism to recover an hour. That could be a healthy massage. It could be cryotherapy. It could be meditation, breath work. But whatever that workout is, it's almost a minute for minute, hour for hour trade off when you do your rest and recovery. And uh, that formula seems to help because people then afford, they, they look forward to that recovery mode. It's like, I'll put in the work. Now right. I get to get my, I get to get the reward for that. And that reward is, as you know, very well, is a much better reward than food rewards that we often built into our culture and our lifestyles. Oh yeah, definitely. Two things. I mean, I can tell you, uh, if you've never done acupuncture, it's an amazing thing to get. It's so risk restoring. And the other part that we did have, when I mentioned earlier about our biggest loser, we had sports medic. Um, Sandy Crum was our sports medic. And my God, his, not only did we, I mean, look, we were really out of shape in the beginning. Our bodies were toxic. It was not good. I mean, I learned the whole thing. Like we could hardly walk at the time. So Sandy would be taping us up all of our ankles. We'd come back and we'd be getting, you know, we'd be getting ice baths and we'd, you know, packing us up with ice around our, our, our knees and joints and things. And then we had sports massages and, uh, I learned the world of adhesions, like adhesions in your quads, like they you almost like levitate and lift off the friggin' table because they're, they're opening up muscles and things. But what's amazing is you got related to your body is literally this powerful engine. So when you get a sports massage and you open up your quads and your calves, it's like you can move so much better. So I think that the rest and restoration also um, never was a fan of quote unquote stretching, didn't seem to make a lot of sense, seemed kind of like a waste of time. Really understand the whole thing of yoga and stretching and, and all of the areas that make sense. And like you said, um, the, the cryotherapy and things, just, it is, if you've never, let's say, here's what I almost would say to somebody. If you've never been on any kind of an exercise or even a, a good eating plan, go get a massage. Like actually allow somebody to relate to your body and, and in a way that you maybe it'll wake your mind up because it feels good. It feels incredible to get that. I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot about it. It's, it makes a world of difference. My wife's going to love you. She's a massage therapist. Oh. And so she'll tune in and she'll probably send this broadcast out to some <laughs> friends. <laughs> it is incredible. I love it. It's great.
That's fantastic. Um, I'm going to segue over real quick because you mentioned j just a moment ago, Jay, about the, the, the medical side of things and how governed you were in regards and monitored in, in the show itself and how important that was. And Sherry, you've got some exciting news inside the CWC and uh, what is moving forward here in just a couple of weeks. Did you want to share some of that with us? Uh, I'd love to. Um, yeah, here at the CWC, we have um, over the summer been developing a medically supervised weight loss program um, that myself and my partner nurse practitioner will, um, as well as Mike in our wellness coordinator position, um, will work with our patients that certainly have the desire to lose weight, but that have, and maybe they've been unsuccessful in the past or or, you, or they've lost some weight and, and, and just to gain it back and more and feeling really like there's nothing for them. Um, and and to, so much so to the point that they have avoided their own, um, you know, screenings and, and medical appointments um, just for, for the fear of the scale and, and not wanting, just not wanting to know what's going on with their bodies. And so our goal here is um, kind of going back to something Jay said in the beginning is to help patients find their their people, their community, um, not just, I mean, there just isn't a magic potion or pill or solution that says, here, let me do this to you and wow, you'll lose weight and, and look like a million bucks. Um, really, it's to develop a program that is more holistic in nature where we can um, look at look at the mind, look at the body, you know, um, meet people where they are with their behaviors. Um, most people are heavily influenced by their spouse and their children and their friends. And and so you just find yourself doing what they're doing. And it becomes really difficult to um, be successful or, or kind of be that oddball and go out on 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 your own and figure out a plan um, just to feel kind of like, um, you know, like, like you're just doing your own thing and, and not having that support. And so our goal here is to, to help people lose weight, um, but overall improve their wellness and, and whether, you know, no matter what that looks like between sleep and, and emotionally and, and, and so forth. So um, our goal is to provide resources. Our goal is to help people be successful at whatever they're for them individually. There isn't a cookie cutter, one size fits all kind of a program out there. Um, but we, you know, our goal will be to help people where they're at and, and to help them, you know, be successful and, and losing weight, which certainly affects um, all the other aspects of health, um, not only for today, but for the, for it to be a lifelong success and, and um, as we know from, from our own experiences as we get older and, and such, um, what we do right now really, really affects our future and, and what that looks like for us. So anyway, that was a long answer to explain that we're really excited to provide this um, really holistic approach to a, to a weight loss um, program and uh, meeting everything from, from a medical perspective, um, psychologically, physically, um, all of those needs. So yeah, that starts wow, roughly that's a week coming up today. quick. Yeah. So. And, and this question could be either or both Sherry or Jay. Uh, the question being, 
how important do you see it being that whoever is trying to assist the, the client, the patient in this regard, to meet them where they're at? Because don't you feel that people come in at all different points with a different mindset, a different weight issue, a different concern, different headaches that they're dealing with, that, uh, you know, you kind of have to meet people where they're at. And, and I don't think I've seen two clients in the last year that are anywhere near on the same point in their, in their, in their journey. So Jay, you, you made that leap of faith uh, at some point. Is there something that you could advise other people wherever they're at to make that, that next step to jump into this process? Sure. I think what Sherry, what Sherry had said, I think is really important. And I want to make sure people hear this. Um, I love the fact that what I know that you're up to is that you are meeting people where they're at right now. The, the other part that's there that I don't think a lot of the times they realize, but you did mention, um, and it was a factor that affected a lot of biggest losers when they went home. Uh, unless you're by yourself, um, the world of people, family, partners, friends, office, everything has probably one of the biggest factors in your well-being. So one of the things that I know that you guys can do to support um, your patients with is a reminder, and they might not be ready for it. They needed the same way to understand their thinking. They need to share with you what is the environment that they're coming from like who are the people what's going on one of the things that i do know that is a challenge when somebody goes on a well-being journey it doesn't matter what program it is this happens all the time um, others that are around them feel threatened even though they're not doing anything there's a it's subliminal they feel threatened i can't tell you how many times like somebody says you know oh you're on not me i'm just anyway it doesn't matter you hear this oh you're on keto you're on paleo you're a vegan you're a, oh we can't do this we can't do that we can't go here we can't go they they do this all the time so i would say that it's going to be for the patient to tell you and to to start to have a conversation with what that looks like and then you guys can also help them in a way to communicate like ways to just be in the conversation no good or bad just like not and and sometimes you just say look we're going to dinner, we're going to Red Lobster or whatever, and, and I'm not eating the Cheddar Bay Biscuits. It's not fine. It's not your bad. You eat, can eat the whole basket. I don't really care. I'm not going to judge you. I mean, literally, you have to have that conversation. And I will tell you, if you've never been to Red Lobster and had a Cheddar Bay Biscuit, they're really incredible. <laughs> uh, they really are. Um, but and, and the reason why I also bring that up is like, I love food. I'm a really good cook. Um, I love to eat and I enjoy it. I just have a different relationship with it. That's So I think that the idea what I know you guys are up to, it's medically based, but it shouldn't be that it's some draconian, and I know you're not about this. It's not for people to come to you. It's not some draconian thing and they come in, I can't ever have pizza ever again. I, like you can't have that kind of conversation. So have the conversation with your friends and family and let them know. And sometimes it's going to be bumpy. And sometimes you just have to not be around some of those people sometimes. I mean, you got to do what you got to do if you really want to change your well-being. I love it. Um Here's, here's a question that I frame it as a question, but Jay, you've done hundreds of these interviews, maybe thousands of interviews over the course of the last several years, 10 years since yeah. you've started this journey. Has there ever been a point where you said, I just wish they would have asked me that. I wish that somebody would have asked me this question. Is there something out there that you feel like you haven't shared that is deep down inside that? this might be an opportunity to, to, to say something about this and your 
in your journey or your experience? Sure. You know, it's funny. It's funny you say that because I do a lot of podcast interviews and I always like to throw that question to somebody like looking for some like gems like, ah, and now you're throwing it to me. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't want to throw you a curve. No, 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 it's fine. I know that when it comes to like areas of peace, yeah. it's like you've been there, done that. But maybe you haven't had a chance to answer a question that's dangling yeah. out there that makes that might help some people. It's not so much a question. So no, thank, and I, I share that with you because it is. It's one of the things that happens when you interview people, or if you go out and speak in front of like five thousand people and you say, "Any questions?" and it's like, <laughs> like oh, crickets, <laughs> horrifying. Um, but I will tell you that the the area that I'm spending the majority of my time, I mean, you've heard me talk about the whole mental thing and all these other, I get going to all kinds of things like that. The part for me that is a massive game changer, and we can talk about some more because I really want to support you guys and what you're doing and working with, with patients. The thing that I will tell you, because I've done now over 5,000 one-on-one consults around the area of body composition. Here's why. The weight loss industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. And the thing that I will tell you without a doubt that screws everyone up is their scale. And if you don't understand body composition, not in some weird scientific way, but literally to understand that our bodies are 60 to 65% water, hormonally, cortisol, stress-wise, salt, men, it doesn't matter. Every day, metabolically, our bodies are changing um, the water affects it. And if you get on the scale and you don't start to become a student of body composition, your brain will probably never be successful because you could drop a few pounds that you think that it's fat, but it's just movement of water back and forth. So when, when why I'm glad you asked that question is I have spent so much time and being a student and I support people. When I'm working with people, I work with them on their body composition. And I'm getting them what I call learning the tail of their scale so that what happens is they get a baseline body composition. And from there, what happens, I tell them, I have no clue how your body's going to react to whether you do cardio or you're going to start strength training or how you're going to eat. You don't either. And a doctor doesn't know because it's not unless you're in some scientific study, you're not going to know. So the point is, it becomes a discovery over time. So my work that I do now I am like a ridiculous advocate student. I spend all of my time getting people to relate to their body composition, which is their lean muscle mass, which is critical, um, their percentage of body fat, and their hydration. And so they start to understand how is their body working or not working. Because I have to tell you, exercise is important, but no different than working all the time. Exercising all the time is not a way to live your life. You want to find a sweet spot for how you can enjoy what you do eating wise, how you can enjoy exercise and movement because it's all for your well-being. But I make many people that are quite frankly wasting and, and possibly hurting themselves by not understanding the cause and effect for what they're doing. So thank you for the question because it just, it, I'm just, that's one of the things I, I will tell you, you will hear me another 10 years. I'm going to be talking this all the time because it is the biggest factor that makes it difficult for people to know whether or not they're they're getting a result, um, because losing weight on a scale doesn't mean much of anything. No different than if you get your blood pressure, you want to make sure that the numbers are accurate, your cholesterol is not. The accuracy of a body composition over time is going to be a game changer, and I'm going to be like a crazy advocate for more and more people really understanding how to use that in their, their health and well-being. That that that's a great point, 
Jay, and I, I, I also agree too, and Sherry, and I've talked about this, that all of our clients will be body, body composition tested. Um, and of course, there are, there are devices, different, mo different ways to test body composition. Uh, and, and, and at least in, in, in historically, um, you know, hydrostatic weighing, underwater weighing has been kind of the gold standard yeah. for the most part. Uh, but some of the, 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 the more common devices have become much more uh, accurate and, and useful in, in the industry itself. Do you have a preferred? Yeah. I do. do you have one that you really like to work with. I do. I so I, I, one of my clients. I have. Um, I've been working with a whole bunch of people. I work with my local YMCA, um, and I also have my own private clients, corporate wellness clients. I have a what's a it's portable. It's it's twenty seven pounds. Um, it just takes a little bit to get in and out of Manhattan when I'm going back in and out of the city. But um, it's uh, it's from InBody. InBody is um, state of the art medical device. Doctors use it. Cirque du Soleil uses it. Professional sports teams use it. Um, there are, there are different models, but InBody. I actually have one myself that I bought and that I use for my corporate clients. That's one thing. They also have a consumer model that's um, not as expensive that the people can buy, which is good too. And the other one that I'm working with right now on the consumer level that I'm kind of expanding in the work that I do is, is a um, a great device that's called FitTrack. Um, and so they're, they're, they are both very good at that. And what I also will tell people, is sometimes people will go like, well, if I weigh on this scale or that scale, it's not the number's not exactly the same. Or like I have my Apple Watch and I've used Apple Watch, used Fit, but I've tested all of them. What I tell people is it doesn't matter if one scale is different than the other. If you have a scale or a body composition scale and you use it religiously, it's got your calibration and your your thing. So don't go to your doctor and then go home. And the, the numbers are always going to be different. So you're looking for something that you can stay with. So InBody is a great tool. It's really, really good medical device. FitTrack on the consumer side is the other one that I use. Um, and both of them are great. And I'm going to tell you, body composition, it is it's a game changer and it's no different than literally if you thought that you could change your blood pressure and you never took another blood pressure reading, you're not going to, you have no clue. You have no clue. A regular bathroom scale does not serve you. It slays you mentally. It just does. You got to get body composition. So I'm glad you guys are going to do that. It's going to make a major difference and always know that I'm a yes to support you guys around. I have tons of things I can support you guys around the body composition side. It really makes a big difference. Absolutely love that and appreciate it, Jay. And of course, we're going to have you on, as we mentioned, mm -hmm. that we want to keep you as a regular to come on our show and visit yeah. with people, and especially in our community at the Consiglio Wellness Center. Uh, we feel like you would just be a, an absolute asset and uh, people, hopefully we can get a, generate some questions from our, our yeah our folks and uh, you can answer some of those as we move forward. Uh, real quick, just before we finish up, we really, you, you touched on it a little bit, but can you bring us up to date where Jay Jacobs is today? Mm -hmm. What do you got going? So um, I am right now, the middle of um, September, I am releasing my first after 10 years, um, I waited a long time to do it I, because I really wanted to be able to have what I would call the game changing credibility of being able to say, I'm glad you like watching Biggest Loser. Um, being on Biggest Loser is like a caricature of what's possible for people to see what they can do in their life. Um, 
I also wanted people to understand that when people argue for their weakness and they say, well, I'm older, my metabolism, like I'm just, I'm not saying things can't change as we get older. I get it. I'm 10 years older than I was. But obviously, if my metabolism was compromised from Biggest Loser, that some people believe that that's the case for people, um, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. It's not because my metabolism got compromised by a show. Um, it was what it was, and I made a transition. And 10 years later, I continue to do that. So in the middle of September, um, if people go to my website, which is jlynnjacobs.com, I will have a, um, I'm going to have a course that I'm launching that really is going to be a five to six week course for people to really start to, what I believe, have a whole new relationship about their health and well-being overall. That's one thing. Um, the other part, I have a couple of different books I'm working on. Um, and the big thing, as I mentioned to you guys earlier, is I am going to continue to be um, out there working not only on the consumer side, but on the corporate wellness side in the area of body composition um, as it relates to um, a tool to get people to think different about their health and well-being. Uh, one of the, the biggest things that I've learned, one of my clients in the city, I've been working with 500 millennials over the past two years, kids that are in what I would call great shape. They're, 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 they're all pretty much in great shape. And what I got an opportunity to see was at an early age, um, I've been able to have a conversation with them and say, guys, look, here is your body composition. You guys have a wealth of assets here right now. And I really want you to treasure those. Because as you get older and life happens and you're going to have stressors and things are going to happen, sometimes people believe that somehow when they get older, somehow they go, need to go downhill. And there's plenty of examples nowadays, guys, as you guys know, that you don't have to go downhill. But at an earlier age, I want people to really see that, that that's not the course that they have to go. They can continue to live their life well. And that doesn't mean that if somebody's already my age or older that I don't work, I do. But I'm just finding that I work with anybody of any age, but then more importantly as well, I'm trying to make sure that the earlier we can get that, the better off it is. And last but not least, I think I mentioned last time, um, we don't have a childhood obesity problem. We have a parental obesity problem or challenge. And I'm a great example of that. My family gained weight because of who I was, who I was being, my habits. So what I really do a lot of times is I try to get um, parents and partners and people to know um, we want to be able to look at how we can start to work together so that when kids are younger, they form some better habits. Um, and, and I think that's really the kids are smart. Um, they, they learn from what we do, uh, good or bad. And I think there's a great opportunity. So I guess overall, I am a yes for all ages, all people. Um, it feels great to feel great. It feels great to eat absolutely delicious food. Um, it feels good to live life where you're really excited uh, and and. I feel blessed and grateful that I've had this opportunity. And I love, thank you guys again for the opportunity today to be here. And I'm a yes for coming back time and time again to do whatever you can do to support people in, in, in your program. Jay, you just touched on about five things there that would make for great future broadcasts anyway. You mentioned the fact of like longevity and, mm -hmm. and using this tool for fitness to create right. that longevity. Um, I just listened to a, a podcast, as a matter of fact, uh, yesterday with Ben Greenfield and his latest mm -hmm. guest. Uh, I forget her name. I think it was Green. Last name was Green. Uh, she's sort of an expert in longevity and uh, she's absolutely amazing. Uh, a lot of it had to do with like almost a framing of neuro-linguistic 
neuro-linguistic programming or conditioning where you tell yourself a lot of things that we age ourselves just by the language that we speak to ourselves. It was a great topic for for a discussion. You also uh, obviously mentioned an area that is kind of big with me is when it's just all about diet and there's no movement, there's no mental training, no components there, that we get into this, the slave of the scale. We talk a lot about skinny fat because people may weight, but then their body and their muscle mass is actually atrophying. And that, that would be a great topic of discussion because it's right up into what you're talking about with body composition. And yeah, uh, Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that that is one of the other parts that, that, as you know, once we hit 40, we don't have the same level of growth hormones. One of the most fascinating things they did in body composition, it was such an honor. I had a husband and wife, 95 and 96, who wanted to get their body composition. And it was it was such a what I would call a celebration of life. These people were so inspiring because people think somehow they get to an age, it's like, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to give up. I'm going downhill. I meet so many inspiring people that haven't done that. I mean, literally, uh, one of my podcasts is with um, Julia Hawkins, who was 103. And two years ago, she won the 100 meter and the 50 meter bash at the senior Olympics. I saw that. I actually yeah, saw like, that. Like this woman that like, she's amazing. So yeah, the longevity thing is like, we're going to live a long time and we can live a long time. But once again, you want to have a quality of life that you're like at the top. When I say the top of the game, just at the top of the game that you just feel good and you feel excited about life. So yeah, I definitely, I think there's a whole world that we can talk about that. I love. We can go into the weeds for sure with this one. Oh, yeah. but- uh, one of the things that uh, Greenfield's guest mentioned is that in in areas where longevity and age is appreciated, mm-hmm. it tends to also spur the growth of longevity. Like when people feel appreciated that when they get to the age of oh, yeah. 80 and 90 years old, it's like that's a celebrated uh, they actually have days like Labor Day. That's a day that's celebrated in their communities for people that reach certain age. You know, we certainly don't. Uh, we probably don't adhere to that mentality here in the Midwest, especially. You know, yeah. it's like it seems like there's you're you're almost as you age, you can be used up, and that's a that's a that's a very much of a you know a negative thought to think that people reach a certain age and they're no longer relevant um, as opposed to some places, countries, especially, and it, it also is reflected in the blue zones. And yeah. that's interesting because of longevity. The other thing I want to do, I, would, I do want to put a stake in the ground and I have a request. Um, my sister, who is an RN, she's amazing. Um, my sister yesterday passed her certification for Dr. Amen's brain health. Um, the reason why that's a big deal is that I think, as I mentioned before, uh, my dad passed away or our dad passed away on August 1st. Um, extremely healthy man, but he ended up having AFib, had three strokes, never got paralyzed, he got never paralysis, but literally his whole life changed from, from a vascular dementia. And quite frankly, which other reason why I'm glad I learned about my sleep apnea, my dad had sleep apnea, but he didn't get diagnosed till long ago. Love to have my sister come on um, with me about brain health, because I will tell you the same way I love the whole body composition. The brain health side, we learned this with our dad. We took him to the Dr. Amen clinic and it really made a big difference in, in the longevity, even with the challenges that he had. The brain health thing, as much as body composition is so massive and it affects so many things, it's just, it's incredible. And that longevity thing makes a lot of sense. So 
Um, yeah, I'm, I think, as you can tell, I'm I, slightly passionate about living life well. So um, thank you. I, I mean, I'm like a kid in a candy shop with you guys. Like, we could talk about all kinds of things. Well, we'll call it good for today. How's that? Because we, we, like I said, we could go on forever, but in respect to our viewers and yeah. so on, uh, we'll, we'll call it good for this time. But uh, we definitely would love to have you back, Jay, soon. Uh, love to have your, your sister on with us and, and we could visit and talk a little bit more about that direction. Yeah. So a, lot of, a lot of great things happening right now. Sherry, anything from you before we sign off? No, I would just um, invite any anybody from our patient population um, to, to give us a call, let's get together, talk about if this program would be helpful to you. Um, we also extend the program to um, spouses, um, adult children, you, you know, it, it is 18 and over, but, um, but, but we would welcome anybody that would want to, to have a consultation and, and see if this is, this is right for you. So yeah, give us a call. And again, Jay, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, so much appreciate your time your knowledge, your experience, um, all your stories, and we look forward to having you back again soon. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you, Mike. I look forward to it. Okay. Signing off. We'll talk to you next time.